You are Locked On Jets, your daily New York Jets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Jets podcast. It is Friday, January 11th, 2019, and I'm your host, John B. from gangreennation.com. Well, I guess yesterday's show was unpopular in some quarters because I got multiple emails from people who were a little down about all the negative things Brian Bassett and I had to say about the new Jets head coach, Adam Gaze. And I have to say, Brian told you, blame him for everything that went wrong on that show. So, you know, hopefully better days are ahead. But we have a full show for you today. Our friend Travis Wingfield is going to stop by. Travis is the host of Locked on Dolphins. We spoke with him before both Jets-Dolphins games in 2018, and he's going to offer his opinion on Adam Gaze. Travis, of course, had a first uh, front-row seat, so maybe hopefully Travis will give us a little more positivity, something to feel good about. Um, and then we'll do picks for Divisional Weekends. So let's jump in. Travis is here. Joining us today is Travis Wingfield of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. You may remember Travis visited us uh, during the two meetings between the Jets and the Dolphins in 2018. Uh, Travis is here to talk about Adam Gase. Uh, nobody knows the Dolphins or Adam Gase better than Travis. So, Travis, welcome to our show. Hey, John. Thanks for having me on, man. Yeah, I know. I thought we, we would go until uh, 2019, the 2019 season at least, before <laughs> we, we talked again. But I guess... Uh, the Jets had other plans. So I guess, Travis, my, my first question would be, how did you feel about the Dolphins' decision to fire Adam Gase? Were you, did you agree with it? Did you disagree with it? And why? He actually lost me about midway through this season because I, I was actually a fan of Adam Gase or I guess a, a proponent of the positive Adam Gase side. But so many things that he did that were basically just repetition of mistakes continued to occur over and over again. And it really got to the point to where I just couldn't deal with it anymore as far as making excuses for him. So he really wore thin on the Dolphins right around midseason this year. And then down the stretch, the last few games when they collapsed again, the second straight year they've lost three games in a row when they were in a playoff hunt to just basically wipe out the season. And some of the things he said to the media as far as excuses for some of their performances and the inability to take his own blame or his own share of the blame or even to put the share of the blame that belonged on Ryan Tannehill, who really, by my account, had the worst year of his career this year in 2018. And it was always excuses for Adam Gase himself and excuses for Ryan Tannehill. And one of the big things that really stuck in the craw of Dolphins fans was somebody asked Adam Gase, Basically, point blank, why are you guys so bad on the road? What, what's what's the difference between playing at home and on the road as far as this 10 points per game difference and the fact that you're 1-7 and seven compared to 6-2 and two on the road versus being at home? And he said he went down the list of teams the Dolphins played, which was like the Bengals, the Vikings. I mean, not the, the elite of the NFL. And he said, well, the Bengals were hot at that time. The Vikings had just hired or fired their offensive coordinator. So those players were those guys were fired up to play. And it's like, what are you talking about? Aren't you guys fired up to play? Like, firing your coach is the best way to get results? So it was just always excuse-making and finger-pointing, and it really, really wore thin as the season went along. Okay, so I was very critical of this hire on yesterday's show with my guest. Uh, so I got a lot. I got some hate mail over that. So why don't we <laughs> turn the page a little? We'll come back to some of his negatives, but I'm sure this any coach has a positive. So what are some of the positives you think Adam Gaze brings to the table? Sure. I think that first, the relationship with Sam Darnold is going to be very important. I mean, that's uh, pretty much given. But I think that what he can do as far as 
bringing along a quarterback who's already mentally sharp in the game and getting him to take his game to the next level. That's what happened with Peyton Manning, who, by all accounts, was the sharpest quarterback between the ears in the history of the league. And Sam Darnold, from what I saw his rookie year, and I'm sure most of your audience can attest to this, he's pretty sharp when it comes to figuring out coverages and making anticipation throws and all that type of stuff. And Adam Gaze's offense is designed to create basically one player in the route that's supposed to be wide open. I don't know if you saw the Colts and Texans game last week, but the Colts receivers were running wide open in that secondary because of Frank Reich's awesome scheme. And that's what's supposed to happen. But it's up to the quarterback to make side adjustments, to make pre-snap adjustments, and to get himself into the right play. So Adam Gaze is very good about giving those options and those availabilities to the quarterback. But I won't go back to the negative. And also, what he can do as far as creating scoring opportunities in the red zone and from a shot play perspective. He had Jarvis Landry score nine touchdowns two years ago. And Jarvis Landry, for his entire career, has been allergic to the end zone. And now he's got nine touchdowns in a season. So he's very good at creating opportunities down there. But also the big play, the shot play. He's very good about showing the same plays over and over again and then building in a wrinkle that opens up the deep downfield passing games. Maybe that way with Robbie Anderson is something you could think about there. So scoring opportunities, the big play shot plays, and just the fact that he does have a smart, very complex offense. So I'll take it that if you're trying to develop a young quarterback, this is a guy you, you want in your building? It just depends. It depends on what the quarterback strengths are because Ryan Tannehill, what Tannehill was, was a big-armed guy with plus athleticism, but he was dumb as a box of rocks when it came to figuring out what the defense was doing, and that just did not work at all. His game kind of went backwards with Adam Gase. So I, I think, yeah, it just depends on what you have in the toolbox at quarterback, but it's not the worst guy, that's for sure. Okay, uh, what are some of the big negatives? I think you touched on some of the things that happened with the Dolphins this year, but what are some of the other things you're, you were not such a big fan of with Adam Gase when he ran the Dolphins? His loyalty to guys that are incompetent, like Dow Loggins, which it sounds like he's bringing him to New York. I don't know why he's part of that staff, but he is. He was loyal to Clyde Christensen, who got demoted but kept a role within the organization this past season. He was loyal to Matt Burke after a horrendous 2017, brought him back on for 2018 to set franchise marks as far as most uh, points and yardage allowed on defense. He plays the wrong guys. He trusts Frank Gore over Kenyon Drake. And don't get me wrong, Frank Gore was awesome this year, but Kenyon Drake was the spark plug for the offense, and he only played like half the time. And then uh, at receiver, Danny Amendola was thought to be higher on the depth chart then both Albert Wilson and Jakeem Grant, and then Albert Wilson goes down, and Jakeem Grant's snap count goes down too. So just some very strange personnel decisions, and his lack of oversight over the defensive side of the ball. Guys like Vincent Taylor, a defensive tackle, had a very nice year, was the third DT all year long. Minka Fitzpatrick was a nickel cornerback when he was basically one of the top three or four defenders on that defense, and he, he got, you know, Teams could take him off the field by going 12 personnel and taking the nickel package off the field for defense. So poor personnel management, uh, not really good with his players in terms of getting them to like him. I mean, every ex-player seems to hate Adam Gase, and I think he's just too stubborn for his own good and too cocky for his own good. So I want to follow up on that because it's been a topic of debate, uh, even I think in the media from what I've been reading in Miami is, you know, to what extent were there problems in the locker room with people not liking Adam Gaze? You know, some reporters I've read said that there were a ton of issues. Others say it was overblown. So what's your read on that? I'd probably say somewhere down the middle of that because there are guys that were disgruntled. You go to Jawan James after the Buffalo game and ask him, are you, are you going to be here next year? He's a free agent. And he said, well, it depends on who's here. And he's talking about the coaching staff. He asked Danny Amendola the same question. What's your plan for 2019? Well, I'm under contract. You know, that's what his quote was. So 
Some guys, he definitely rubbed the wrong way. I know Kenyon Drake wanted a trade if he wasn't fired. He wanted to be out of Miami altogether based on that Frank Gore comment I gave you in the previous question there. So I think it's a mixed bag. I know Kenny Stills loves Adam Gase. Albert Wilson did too. So like you said, there's a little bit of both on either side. But I think he has this really delicate balance of trying to be a player's coach, but also a guy that kind of garners your respect. And he didn't really know how to walk that line and was maybe a little bit too soft on some regards and too shut off on some regards. So I think that he's just got to find that balance. And maybe he'll learn from all this stuff. Maybe he can get better at it. It just didn't happen in Miami. So going back to a guy you talked about, Dole Loggins, who sounds like he's coming to the Jets with Gaze, and I'm interested from the standpoint that Gaze sounds like a guy who's going to be hands-on with his offense. So what role does Loggins play? What kind of system do they run? How, uh, what and To what extent is this Gaze's offense? To what extent is it Loggins' offense? Uh, and sh- I mean, should Jets fans be worried with this guy in the mix, or is it really Gaze's system? I think Lo- it's, it's Gaze's system for sure. I think Loggins is just there because he kind of has a similar temperament as Adam Gaze. At least that's what he said when they brought him on last year. Just a guy that he's comfortable with sharing his thoughts with and a guy that kind of understands what Adam Gaze's thought process is because, like I said, he is a complex individual. He's tough to get a read on, and so he likes to give himself his buddies and guys that do understand him to surround himself with those guys. Now, Loggins is funny because... Everyone in Miami, I think every fan base in the NFL hates their play caller. That's just kind of the way it works. But every fan in Miami despised Adam Gaze's play calling. And they gave Dow Loggins the play calling sheet in the fourth preseason game last year after they went the first three games just being terrible with the first team offense. And granted, it's the fourth game of the preseason. So you're playing Brock Osweiler and a bunch of backups, a bunch of future UPS drivers. But the Dolphins rolled up like 50 points in that game. So it's just I I, I don't know if he's actually going to have a role as far as calling plays or really, you know, having his face in front of the camera ever, but he's there. And I, I just don't know what his role is, John. I wish I could tell you, I just can't do it. Now I want to ask you to uh, hit the time machine button a little bit uh, because one potential defensive coordinator candidate, there are a number of the jets are linked with, but one is Vance Joseph, who I know was on uh, Gaze's one of Gaze's early staffs in Miami. Uh, what are your views on him? What, what type of scheme, what's his scheme like on defense? Yeah, so Vance Joseph was the one that brought the wide nine here to Miami, and I think every Dolphins fan is glad to see that kind of die with Matt Burke being fired eventually when they get their new staff on board. So he runs that wide nine scheme, which is very kind of vulnerable against the run. It will help your outside rushers a little bit, get more one-on-one chances, but it's also very vulnerable to be picked apart down the middle of the defense. So he'll run that, but I think that a guy like Vance Joseph would be a good hire for the Jets in this instance because Gaze he's a glorified offensive coordinator. He's not going to manage the defensive side of the ball. He doesn't do it. He just leaves it alone. And a lot of coaches do that, but his inexperience with Matt Burke on the defensive side of the football really, really burned him in that regard. So getting a guy that has head coaching experience like Vance Joseph that can lead that defensive room, I think that'd be a great way to go. Or I think there was another defensive coordinator that had head coaching experience they were talking about, but that's the direction that I would go. Somebody that has head coaching experience on the defense. How good is Gaze at game management? So it's it's kind of hard to tell because they they really start games off very poorly. The 15-play script almost never brings back points. They went 20-something games without scoring an opening drive touchdown. And then he tends to ad- adapt and adjust and get better as the game goes along, as he has a chance to kind of see what the defense is doing to him, whereas he's not as good planning for that stuff ahead of time. So his in-game adjustments that way are good. But as far as like the aggressive nature of the NFL now, he never really went for it on fourth downs. I think we punted on the opposing team side of the field more than we went for it in those like fourth and four, kind of in that dead man zone or no man's land, you know. 
So he doesn't really have the aggression that you would like to like to have in this type of or in this era of the NFL. And I, the way they there, there was a lack of urgency in two minute drives and late in the games and late in halves on the offense. And it just really, really rubbed me the wrong way. So I would say kind of probably like a C in that regard. As a Dolphins fan, are you happy to see Gaze with the division rival? Do you have trepidation? Are you somewhere in between? I think I'm more happy than I am nervous about it. I just, I don't think, I think he really could have benefited from a year off as far as being a head coach. And I think that he's got a lot to learn, a lot to kind of overcome with his own personal warts. And I just don't think he'll do it right away. And the fact that he hired Dow Loggins or is going to hire Dow Loggins, like right off the bat, tells me he hasn't quite learned from it. So I, as a Dolphins fan, I'm, I'm actually happy about it. All right. Well, Travis, thanks for joining us once again. Uh, certainly appreciate having you on. Maybe we'll have you on again in the off season. Yeah, sounds good. Thanks a lot, John. It's NFL playoff time. It's the most wonderful time of the year. And you can get in on the daily action by signing up at MyBookie today. They pay fast when you win. Ownership really cares about good customer service. And they offer the craziest prop bets. Where you bet is just as important as who you're betting on. If you join now, MyBookie will offer you a 50% deposit bonus by using promo code LOCKEDON25. That's LOCKEDON25 number number when you deposit to activate the offer. That's promo code LOCKEDON25. Two five, at my bookie you play, you win, you get paid. Well, folks, I tried. I was hoping that maybe Travis would have some more positive things to say about gays, but we'll aim next week to have a guest or two who will come in and try and make a case for this hire. But I, I've spoken about as much about Adam Gaze as I can stand for this week. So let's jump into the divisional weekend picks and, of course, the. Dream of going 11-0 will not happen this year. Hopefully it will happen some year, but it will not happen this year because of the Philadelphia Eagles last weekend beating the Chicago Bears. It looked like for a second like I was going to go 4-0, make it through the first weekend unscathed, but it did not happen. I finished the first weekend 3-1. and I did win the, the other three games before the wild conclusion to wild card weekends and now we have four games divisional weekend let's see how we do their first game is saturday afternoon it's a 435 kick i think 434 435 it's on nbc it is the indianapolis colts going out to kansas city to play the chiefs the uh sixth seeded colts against the top seeded chiefs in the afc and, you know, I really can't believe I'm doing this, but I, I'm actually going with the Colts in this game. I, I'm surprised myself. I figured all week before I started studying this game that I was going to go with the Chiefs, but I don't trust this Kansas City defense. Um, the fact that this is Mahomes' first playoff game is in my head a little bit when you consider last weekend where you have the three young quarterbacks you know, either struggling or playing up and down, losing their games. Um, losing their first playoff games. Uh, you have Andrew Luck playing really well. I like this Colts defense better than I like the Chiefs defense. I, I trust the Colts to slow down the Chiefs more than I trust the Chiefs to Colts slow down the Colts. I like the way Andrew Luck is playing. And at the end of the day, I've just seen this Kansas City team in this spot too frequently. I, I, I just don't trust these guys in the big game. I, I think there's something to the idea that, you know, they get into a close game. Maybe it gets into their head a little bit, especially after what happened last year where they lost that game at home to a clearly inferior uh, Tennessee Titans team. They were the best team all season long, but I think once you get to the playoffs, once you get to this time of year, 
more frequently it's not the best team it's not the team that's been the best all year long it's the team that's playing the best right now and the Colts are hotter than the Chiefs the Chiefs kind of stumbled into the finish of the season so there's just a lot of factors in this game I, I, I maybe I'll regret this I don't feel great about this pick to be honest with you but I, I look at this game and I, I there's just something that tells me the Colts and again it's it's more that I don't trust the Chiefs in this spot than anything and I think this is a big if Andy Reid can't win a Super Bowl this year with this team with this quarterback the way the way this team's rolled through the year maybe it'll never happen so I'm kind of pulling from he's kind of a sentimental favorite because I've always been a fan of his but I think I gotta go with the Colts in this game and you know maybe I'm just crazy maybe you know, I, I wouldn't be shocked if the uh Chiefs went out there and blew the Colts out. This is this is why I don't I don't feel great about this for a couple of reasons. First of all, you know the home team on divisional weekend, they've been they they've had the week off to prepare. The other team had to play a game the week before, and so I mean I, I don't feel great about great about it from that standpoint. The other thing I don't feel great about is that I feel like if there's a blow this game is a blowout, it's going to be the Chiefs blowing out the Colts. I, I don't think the Colts will blow. I think the Colts if the Colts are going to win, it's a close game. But I think it is going to be a close game, and I'm going with the Colts. And and the thing about this weekend is, I mean, you could make a case. This is going to be a really good weekend because all four games, I think you could make a case either way. So I'll go. I'll go Indianapolis over Kansas City with the with a road upset. The Colts going to the AFC Championship game, and that will bring us to the late Saturday night game. The Saturday evening game in Los Angeles. It is the Dallas Cowboys at the Rams, 8.15 p.m. kickoff Eastern time. And I'm a little disappointed, to be honest with you. And this is actually, I shouldn't be because this is a battle. I was looking forward to the L.A.-Chicago matchup where you have the two big markets. You have the Rams offense against the Chicago defense, the rematch of that Sunday night game in better weather. But you know what? This is actually pretty similar. The Cowboys are a marquee team. They have a very good defense. Um, and in this one... I'm going with the Rams. You know, before we head into this game, one thing I do have to say is the narrative around Sean McVay will can change very differently by the end of Saturday night. Because they lose this game and McVay falls to 0-2 at home in the playoffs, I think the view is going to start to change a little bit. You know, he's kind of the golden boy of the league right now. He's the guy everybody wants to emulate, the, the whiz kid who's gone in and turned around the Rams. He loses this. That means this means two big games, two years at home. He's lost them both. So this is an. I think this is a, kind of an important game for McVay, and Dallas is not an easy matchup for them. Um, you know, Dallas. What scares me about Dallas in this game, and I'm going with the Rams. But what scares me about Dallas in this game is that Rams run defense is not that good, and of course the Cowboys have Zeke. But you know, there are a few things I like about the Rams. Again, I, I do like the fact they're at home. I like the fact. I mean the issue with Dallas is that and I'm a little worried Todd Burley Todd Gurley banged up but Dallas is um not good against play action pass and that's the Rams bread and butter so you know this is not this is a situation where the uh Cowboys and this was kind of similar to last week where the, you know the Cowboys could stop with the with could stop the Seattle run game and I felt like Seattle could not stop Dallas's run game the Rams cannot stop the Dallas run game, but Dallas cannot stop what the Rams do well. That's the play-action passing game. I like Goff over Prescott. You know, Jared Goff got a lot of criticism for his play late in the year, which was not totally unjust. I mean, he did struggle quite a bit, but then I started hearing this stuff. Well, he wasn't really that good early. I'm like, are you kidding me? Did you watch his early game, some of the throws he made? I mean, he was lifting that team on his back during the early part of the season. So I like Goff over Prescott. I like the fact the Rams, again, have had, had the week off. 
I also like the stand. I like the fact that this is not their first rodeo. I like the fact that they played in this. They played it. It wasn't this game. It was the wild card game a year ago. But the fact that they have experience in the in playing a home game, you know, it's kind of the next logical step where they they've experienced their disappointment. They've experienced this atmosphere. They're not going to be caught off guard by it. So I'm going with the Rams in this game. So I'll have the Rams moving on to the NFC Championship game. Sunday at 105 in Foxborough, we have the Chargers visiting the Patriots. And look, I may end up looking really foolish on this one because whenever you, you doubt this team, they tend to come back and, and bite you. But I've been saying this for weeks is that I do not think this is a vintage Patriots team. I've not been impressed by the way they've played down the stretch. And I think that this Chargers team is a really tough matchup for them. I think this this Chargers team they have the they they have they have the defense to take away what New England like always likes to do. They can play in the slot. They have a safety who can match up with the tight end. Uh, they can get to the they can get to the quarterback rushing four. Um, I think that it's a, I just don't like this matchup for New England. I know it's going to be a cold weather day, but I don't know that I think that that's tough for the Chargers. It also might be tough for New England because I mean, I've been watching Brady down the stretch and I question, you know, I, I question whether he's still got the same arm he used to as I know, like, I know you, I may end up looking very foolish because you're all, you always look foolish when you doubt the Patriots and Brady, but I, I don't see this as a vintage New England team. I don't even love the way this New England defense matches up with the Chargers because I don't think I think they're gonna have a tough time uh, putting Gilmore on Allen in the slot. So uh, I, I just I, I think this is I, the other thing I like is that and this may sound minor, but the Patriots have always been such a juggernaut at home in the playoffs. But Anthony Lynn's the coach of the Chargers. He was on the Jets coaching staff eight years ago where they went into uh, Foxborough. They pulled that upset eight years ago this weekend and uh beat the patriots and i think that i think that helps to a degree i think the fact your head coach has done it before your head coach has been part of an up uh, of a divisional win in foxborough i just really like this chargers team this year i, I like everything that they, I, I i think this is the most complete team left um i, I don't think that they have a, they really have much of a weakness and I just, I don't know, I'm getting the feeling maybe this is Phillip Rivers' year. And again, like I, I don't think you can have any conviction when you pick against the Patriots and Foxborough in a playoff game. This just not just just does not seem like a vintage Patriots team to me. So I'm going with the Chargers, which if my predictions are right, which set up a very wild scenario in the AFC where you'd have a five versus a six AFC championship game, which would be out in Los Angeles, a wild card team. Would they play, they play, the Chargers would play their first home game of the playoffs in the championship game and the only the only time i can even remember a situation where you'd have two teams that played on wild card weekend would have been the 0607 playoffs where the three seeded colts uh and the four seeded patriots met and that scenario that had the colts playing at home the first weekend on the road the second weekend and going back home the third weekend so we'll see if that we'll see if that's how things play out and then of course the finale the late sunday afternoon game is the eagles going to the superdome to take on the New Orleans Saints, the top seeded Saints, you have the defending Super Bowl champions against the top seed in the net and the NFC. And I know, I know. Listen, I've I've picked I've picked against the Eagles in all four of their playoff games the last two years. I'm 0 four, and I know I'm stupid for doing this. And I'll say this: this is the last time I'm picking against them. They're either going to lose this week or I'm picking them every playoff game from here on out. 
And I, the other thing is, I pick against them. It's not even like I dislike. It's not like it's New England where I'm like actively rooting against them. I think this is a pretty. I think this has been a very likable team the last two years. I think they're well coached. I really like the. the I like the fact that their coaching staff has kind of shown the rest of the league how to be aggressive. That how, how aggressiveness uh, helps you in big spots. So it's not even that I, it's not even personal against them. It's not like I'm picking against New England where you can say I'm, I'm being a little biased, but. I just like the Saints team. I think the Superdome is a tough place to play. And, I mean, at some point, the Nick Foles carriage has to turn back to a pumpkin against this Eagles defense. I mean, they've, they've helped. They don't look as bad. They're not as in bad, as bad of a shape as they were in the back of this defense as they were a few weeks back. But I thought Trubisky missed some, missed some throws last week. Breeze is not going to miss those throws. I just think I, I don't like the way this lines up at all for the Eagles. I don't like the venue. I don't like them going on the road to this venue. Again, if they win this, I, I wouldn't be shocked. I mean, I don't think anything would shock me at this point with this Eagles team, how many times they've been written off, but I'm going with the Saints. So that would set up if I'm – these are my picks. I have the Colts. I have the Rams. I have the Chargers, and I have the Saints. So – We'll have uh, Indianapolis at Los Angeles next weekend in the AFC Championship game and Los Angeles at uh, New Orleans in the NFC Championship game, if I am correct. So L.A., you know, maybe L.A. will have a couple teams in the ch- in the final four if uh, all works out right. Anyway, that's all for our show today. Thank you for listening. This has been the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, if you like the show, subscribe iTunes or Spotify and leave the show a good review in iTunes if you do enjoy it. Hope you have a great weekend and we'll be back again on Monday.